TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. All right, welcome back to Brian and Company. Always a treat. I mean, I feel like it's like a biannual thing. I don't know. Uh, Paul Mercurio just... You know, shows up at the front door, banging on the glass. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. He's obviously, um, if you don't know Paul, he works with Steve Colbert at the Late Show, and he's been involved with through all the way back to Comedy Central. I mean, you go back to all the way to the Craig Kilborn era. Yeah, I was on the Daily Show. One of the original sort of writers performers on that show. That kind of there was a small group of us, and we. Helped create the voice of the show. A, you gotta write a book. And uh, you gotta write a book. Yeah, maybe because I my whole other career being on Wall Street before this. Yeah, I mean I, you were a lawyer. I mean you were you were a lawyer, and then you worked on Wall Street. And I mean, I, I mean, just to refresh people, just to reset. One is Paul's playing uh, on Saturday, March 9th in Wester, Westerly, Rhode Island, at the United Theater. It's permission to speak. It's a really creative show. Audience involvement, and and we'll we're gonna get into details because it's really a unique opportunity to go and have fun, but also you might end end up in the show. But I mean, just if people forget your start in this business is nothing short of amazing. And I didn't even know like if you wrote a jo- like you write a joke and you can it's a commodity. Yeah, you can sell it. Fifty bucks. That was what I got for my first joke from Jay Leno. I met him at a private function. I was working on Wall Street. I, I, look, I grew up in the area. I grew up in New England and Rhode Island and in Connecticut. I went to Providence College, Georgetown Law School, was in New York doing M&A deals. And, and, and you, know, you were like, this you know, is miserable. path to comedy. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm going to amass a ton of debt. And then I was ready And then to you're going to sell jokes for 50 bucks. Yeah. But like, does he, I mean, you went up to Leno and it, it, it was he cool about it? Or is it, does some clown go after him every night that he's on stage he trying probably, to. Probably a lot of people go up to him. But he, he, I had like 20, literally like 15 pages of jokes. I just went up to him and I was like, uh, I don't know if you need jokes, but I'm never going to use these. I'm a lawyer. He goes, okay. <laughs> and he really does talk like that. I started laughing right in his face. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, I couldn't like stop. And then you, when he talks like that, you just want to go like, breathe. Just breathe a little bit, will you? And then uh, a couple of days later, my phone rang and it was Jay Leno. He goes, it's Jay Leno. Is Paul there. He actually read, he read through it. He called me and I thought it was my friend pulling a prank. And I said, it's not Jay. I said, that was my friend David who likes to pull pranks. And he goes, no, nah, it's Shay Leno. I go, stop. I'm in the middle of a deal. I don't have time. He goes, no, nah, it's Shay Leno. And I go, will you stop? He goes, it's Jay Leno. And then I said, look, if this is Jay Leno, let me tell you something. You do a lousy Jay Leno. <laughs> and I said that to Jay Leno. And he's like, I think I do a pretty good me. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Jay Leno. And he said, I read the jokes. And I need jokes for the Tonight Show monologue. So you can send some stuff in. And if I use it, I'll pay you 50 bucks a joke. And I go, you're serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, by the way, what do you do for a living? And then he starts making fun of me. I go, why? I go, I'm a lawyer. Why? He goes, I knew it. I go, why? He goes, you're right like a lawyer. <laughs> he goes, you're writing a joke, not the Magna Carta. Get to the punchline already. <laughs> Tighten it up. Because he's up. pretty concise dude. And, and then a week later, he called me and he said, uh, answer the phone again. 
Shane Leno was Paul there. I'm like, Jay, what? What do you <laughs> what want? What do you keep calling me? You have friends. I don't, I'm busy. He goes, I'm going to do your joke on The Tonight Show tonight. And that must have been did cool. my joke. And I got a bottle of champagne in New York City, went to have my girlfriend, now my wife, or does this joke, and it just blows my head off my shoulders. Just real quick, because I want to get on your thoughts yeah. on contemporary things and then get to your show, but just give me the moment you decided to not do this career you had invested so much in and went full-time the other way. Yeah, it's a great question. It wasn't a moment. It was a buildup. It was like I, I was I was having a midlife crisis in my late 20s. I'm like, am <laughs> I going to do this? Like, am I going to – right. why is this coming on? I mean, look, I always like – watching stand up and I was funny around my friends and stuff, but I wasn't like, this wasn't like, right. I don't come from performers. My parents have a small furniture business in Rhode Island. So I was like, and then the more I'm doing it, the more I'm like, geez, you know, I think what happened is as a lawyer and investment banker, you're an advisor. You're not, you don't really create anything. You're executing yeah. deals. Right? right. And I think what happened was I was writing these words and then people were laughing at my words and there was something sparked in you were me. producing something it felt good and it felt good and it connected with people and i and i do like to talk and blah 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 and connect with people i definitely am social that way and i think that's where it started and then it was like two years of living a secret double life on wall street where i was a lawyer investment banker by day and at night i would sneak around to dive bars working open mic nights in my little suit and almost getting like rolled by guys who were drug dealers in these clubs and stuff. And then I, and then at that, at, at one point, it, then it started to get like, I can't straddle both worlds. I got to make a choice. Right. And I was scared to death because am I going to give all of this up, basically tear the house down and start all over again? Because if you're going to do this, you got to really like commit. commit to it. Yeah, yeah. You can't like kind of part time it. You can, but it then just becomes a hobby. Your wife was cool with it? Yeah, she, well, <laughs> Initially, she was like, because I was like I said, I was living this double life, and then I said, I think I I, I want to leave. It's better than street. other double lives you could lead that she might <laughs> yeah, not exactly. like. But she goes to me. She had made up a whole other thing in her head. I go, I think I want to leave Wall Street to go into comedy. First, she said to me, that better be your first joke. <laughs> and then and then she goes, are you serious? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, thank God. I go, why? She goes, well, I thought you were cheating on me. Yeah. I go, why? Because you were like going, supposed to be, you were like in bars late at night and you reeked the beer and cigarette smoke. You had women's phone numbers, but there were actually just other comedians that have comedy rooms. And uh, coolest person I'll ever know. She was like, if this is what you want to do. She goes, do you, are you sure though? Because you work so hard to get to this point on Wall right, Street. Right, do you right. really want to? And uh, and I said, uh, yeah. And, you know, she was really cool about it. And, um, you know, she she just like always has been really supportive. And uh, plus, you know, I'm a pretty handsome okay. man. I'm a pretty yeah, handsome you are man, handsome you know, man. so she's like, you know, she didn't want to get, you know what I mean? It looks so, going to only get I mean, you so shut far. Shut it down, you know what I mean? I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, and and to, to go on and, and do the Daily Show and then and then be with Colbert, who's his career trajectory is, is is stunning as well. And to be where you are now, I mean, to be able to go off and do your own show and then go back to this incredible creative job uh, with The Late Show with Steve Colbert. Um, we're talking with Paul Mercurio, and it's Permission to Speak is the show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's at the United Theater in Westerly, Rhode Island on, on March 9th. But, I, like, how are things going? Like, I mean, Colbert, the, I, I don't get to watch the show because I'm in bed. Mm. But he seems like, 
the Trump stuff really bring, brings out a lot. By the way, his could dick. you fake it and just say you watch the show? I don't watch the you show. You know what I'm saying, Matt? I mean, you could just go, oh, I watch it every <laughs> Matt, night. Matt's keeping his mouth closed on I'm that. Not gonna, I'm not going to test you or anything. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I see the clips, and he looks, he looks, he gets more impassioned than anything yeah. when it comes to, like, presidential politics. It seems like that's his most this is, intense. This is, this is the bread and butter, butter year. I mean, it's why John Stewart came back, right? Like, election years for major election, presidential election, that's where... You're going to get a ton of fodder. Go after both sides. You know, there's no agenda. Um, but he, does he? He doesn't. I mean, the- he leans. He leans left. Look, I, I'm sort of. I'm a guy in the middle, and I've been talking about this in my act. I've been saying, can I just be the guy in the middle? Can I be the guy that kind of believes in a little bit of what you believe in yep. over here? Yep. But I'm not the devil to you because I don't believe in 100% of what you believe in. And a little bit of what you believe in over here, but I'm not the devil to you because – and then I believe in some of my own stuff and I put it in this pot and it's called the Palm and Curio Stew and this is what I believe. Right. Now it's like if it's like it's enemies, right? It's e- like you either believe in 100% of what I believe in. If you don't, even when you deviate 5%, half a percent, you're dead to me and vice versa. And so um, – And that's different than it used to be? <clears throat> I I think I think I think it's sort of over time. We were talking about this off the air. Like I, over time, it's evolved to this point where it's just not healthy. It's like it, it, people. When I say this in my act, uh, can I just be the guy in the middle? And then I explain what I just sa- said. People applaud, not because I'm smart or whatever. It's because it's connecting with something, and they come up to me after the show and go, "Yeah, you know, there's like eighty percent of us that kind of look at things that way. Like we believe in a little bit of this yeah. and a little bit of that." But the, those voices you don't hear because you hear the extreme voices. So for me, like I go on as a commentator, satirist, whatever you want to call me. I'll go on Fox News. I'll go on CNN. I'll go on MSNBC. And I'm just trying to call them as I see them, you know, and, and like – but like, you know, like stereotypes, right? Like I, I just laugh that like we're so politically correct now. Like every – and you just said it off the air and I've been saying the same exact thing. The pendulum has swung too far. Can we just get back to the middle? Can we just get back to the middle? Can we just like relax and stop? Well, even comedians, like I feel like it's almost like it should be a protected dome. Like you should be able to make fun of whoever you want. People come now. You can't. No, you can't. And you and people keeping score. Okay, like I like to talk to the audience. Okay, and that's what permission. That's what the show is. is, That's what the show is, right? So I I'm randomly talking to people. I don't make a plan. I bring people on stage. It was born out of my stand-up. So a woman comes up to me after the show, and she goes, um, like a 40-, 50-year-old woman, she goes, uh, I noticed you talked to the men more than you did the women, and it would be nice if you could talk to the men and women an equal amount of time. And I'm like, look, first of all, my son was with me, and he could already see that I was starting to get agitated, so he starts pulling me away from the woman, right? And I go, I go, listen, ma'am, if I planned it, you would have an argument, but I'm not planning this. I literally don't look ahead of time. I come out, and I just start talking. Goes one way. Let's put a pin in that. We'll take a quick break mm-hmm. here with, with Paul Mercurio. Uh, again, he's playing Permission to Speak at the United Theater in Westerly, Rhode Island on March 9th. That's a Saturday, and uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We, have to, we just have to keep you for a couple more. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. More minutes to talk specifically about this point. You're listening to Brian and Company. We're back with Paul Mercurio here on Brian and Company. Again, the show is permission to speak. I promise I'll give you permission to speak about it in a minute. <laughs> but I want to talk about this other stuff so much. We are talking about it in a way, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the United Theater in Westerly, Rhode mm-hmm. Island on Saturday, March 9th. And, you know, but we get back to the politics because it's the same with me on this show because I try to really pride myself as an independent thinker. Because I want Democrats to come on the show, and I want Republicans yeah. to come on the show, and I want to ask them fair questions. But sometimes I feel like I have to almost edit myself when I want to go after one or the other because – and I don't want to. And, you know, I, my daughter just did this 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 panel with her students on the Second Amendment. My daughter's super liberal. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, listen, you have to understand the context here, that, that there's a certain side of the gun debate that no matter what you say or recommend, they will reject it because of this – issue of incrementalism right? right so like they think that if you want background checks that that's just the toe right. in the door to take their guns right. away or whatever right. and she couldn't really understand that right. right and and so i don't know but there's a way to get that through like it's funny you mention that because i talk about guns and, and i'll say have a gun if you want to have a gun you know go sh- go shoot animals <laughs> fine whatever okay but maybe you know background checks not a bad idea okay why because there are certain moments in my life in my everyday life where you want to do a background check on me because if I had a gun, I would shoot somebody like at one of these big box stores. Yeah. Like when you go, you know what I'm talking about? Like there's yeah. no customer service anymore. And then you can relate to people yeah. because everybody listening at one point has, has said, snapped. I, I'm going to shoot somebody or yeah. I could kill it. Not literally. Right. And so what ends up happening. So, for example, so then you can use your real life and comedy to sort of drive the point home. Because literally, when I go into those stores and I'm looking to buy a hammer, it's a retirement home for carpenters and plumbers and electricians. They have that smock with their name on it. It's not so that you know their name. It's so that they remember who they are. <laughs> and listen, if you're listening, you work there. Stay in your own department. Nobody ever stays in their own department because the grass is always greener on the other side. Like Robert, he's supposed to be in siding, but he's in paints. He doesn't know anything about paints. He's in paints because that's a cool department to be in. See, they should have cameras in the ceiling. So when these people wander, you can just yell at them. It's like, Robert, get out of paint and go or back to the Or have like siding. the electric fence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, so, but the, and the point of all of this, and we were talking about this before we went to break, is sort of this idea of everything needs to be even, everything needs to be politically correct all the time. And I'm for political correctness. And the point of permission to speak is like, if we just share stories, we realize we all have more in common than we think. And then maybe we're not so divisive. I'm never going to change your mind. If you're far right and I'm far left, I'm never going to change your mind in a political debate. But if I get you to see, hey, He's got a dog that craps on the carpet, so do I. He's got a mother-in-law that's living with him, so do I. He's, he's from so. Then you go, well, boy, that guy's not the demon or the devil I thought he was. He's a guy like me, and so maybe I'll listen to his politics. Now, I don't know if that's happening after the show, but I do know what's happening after my show is people are connecting with each other because they're going up to each other after the show and hearing their stories and going, oh, uh, you know, um, you golf, I golf, blah, blah, yep. blah. All right? And so... This thing with the, that I, we talked about before we went to break is, uh, about this woman. So I like to talk to the audience. woman says to me, hey, 
Um, it would be nice if you talk to the men and the women in an equal amount of time. I said, well, it's not planned, so I don't think you have an argument. I'm just, gra- I'm just riffing. What? And she goes, well, it's still nice if you talk to men and women in an equal amount of time. And I said, this is why I talk to men more than I do women. <laughs> that was... <laughs> and, she, and she said, good night. And everybody laughed, and she got it. I said, you just need to relax. Now, the other thing that she doesn't understand, and this is what I think happens... People imprint their own issues onto other people. Yeah. She oh, yeah. doesn't know me. Yeah. She thinks that I'm a quote unquote typical man that looks at women a certain way. She doesn't know that in 1960 in a tenement house in Providence, Rhode Island, my mother with a high school education started a furniture business that she's been running up until two years ago. So the woman that in my family, my mother wore the pants in the family. I look at women very differently than most men. She doesn't know that. Right. And she makes a presumption yeah. of who I am and then adds to that, imprints her issues with men on me. Right. And then it becomes, I'm the bad guy. She judges your supposed prejudice with her own yeah, and, prejudice. And, and there is none, you know? Well, let's, let's, we're talking with Paul Mercurio. The show is Permission to Speak at the United Theater in Westerly, Rhode Island on March 9th. So t- tell me about the show, because it sounds like you go up there and you talk a little bit and then you pull up an audience member to tell a story. And I'm curious about like, you must have a wide range of experiences with oh the show. God. I mean, does Stories, it ever just bomb? Does it ever bomb? No, no, because every, you, you don't get what? nervous with like the first person's going to no, be a total because, dud because you audiences never let me down because every single, if you're over the age of six, you got a story, you have a story and I'm finding people want to tell the story. Some people need to tell the story. And the premise of the show is just that I go up. We ha- it's the show's directed by Frank Oz. Frank Oz created the Muppets yeah. and is the original Yoda. And it's intimidating to be directed by Yoda because when he calls you, it's like... It's, Stupid you are. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking, what were you? <laughs> and and um, and he directed Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and Lucia oh, Bahars. Yeah. And we have animation by J.J. Settlemeyer, who did Beavis and Butthead and all the SNL TV Funhouse cartoons. So we have a set. As a screen, we do weird projection, these really cool images to help tell the story of we're all in this boat together. We're going to hang out. It's, it's, don't look at it as a show. It's like we're hanging out in somebody's big basement having drinks and telling stories. But every show is different. But every show is different, and that's what's special about it. And I say that at the beginning of the show. I say, we'll always have this. This will only always be our yeah. show. This show can never exist again. And then they never let me down. Like for, I know we have a clip. We'll play that in a second. But, for example, I had a woman. What's your name? Nydia. I said, Lydia? She goes, no, Nydia with an N. I go, that's a unique name. How'd you get that name? Story. She goes, my father. Yep. She starts laughing. I know I got a story. My father got my mother pregnant with me at the same time was having an affair with a woman named Nydia, and he named me after the woman he was having an affair with. <laughs> and everybody went, what? Like, people jaw hit the floor. So these are well, stories literally like you go, if we were writers in a writer's room trying to write a bit for like Colbert, we'd be like, nobody would believe this. Tear it up. And I get those every and so, night. And so someone tells their story and it's just your reaction to it. And yeah, then and then you... I start talking. You peel the onion back. Like it's not – see, they know – I think they know that I'm not going to make fun of them. Um, and I have stories too that I'm telling, right? Like right. there's my comedy in it too. And then there's a moment in the show where I let somebody come on stage and interview me and ask me whatever they want to ask me, which is really fun because they like to you know, give me a hard time or bust my chops or whatever. We have a great time. So it's not just all them telling stories, but that is the core of it. And they never let me down because everybody has a story. Like, I, I know we have this clip. Yeah, well, let's set it up because yeah. we're t- tight on so, time. Uh, so this guy's name is Travis. He has polio. He's like in his mid-30s, uh, I don't know, 40, something like that. And all I said to him was, um, 
how do you explain to your young daughter what polio is? And this is what he says. Travis, how are you? What, what do we got here? What's the issue? Polio. Oh, yeah? My kids are younger. I would go to the school plays. Obviously, kids would be like, hey, is that your dad? Is he RoboCop? Blah, blah, blah. I would tell the kids, hey, I'm from Vietnam. That's how I got hurt. They were like, really? You were in Vietnam? And I was like, yeah. And I, it was a joke. But my daughter's 18 now. And a few months ago, she was like, Daddy, were you really in Vietnam? I was like, oh, I forgot. I told that. And, like, I told, and like I told everybody that when you were like six, I just never, I never fixed it. So, so, uh, so he pretends, he tells his daughter he got injured in Vietnam. And then 12 years later, forgets that he told her that. And he, he says, oh, I got to fix it. And the whole place breaks up. Now, if we sat and tried to come up with, well, how do you, how do you explain that? You, we wouldn't be able to come up with something that creative and that funny and that crazy. And that's sort of the, it, I love that clip because it's an example of just coming out of left field, but it's real life. It's real life. And that's what he said to her. And then when she was 18 years old, he had to fix it and say, no, I really wasn't in Vietnam. I have polio. And and so the stories have been really incredible. And um, do you get a ton of like hands? Like I, like I'm curious about how open and willing the audience. It's funny, is. you know. Initially, like I'll just grab a couple of people, ask them to come up, and then once they see other people doing it, they're like kids, and the hands will go up, and then like somebody wants to come up. Yeah, and the first I, one is like really important in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, but they oh like it's just it's just been, you know, incredible and like you got to be sharp. It's not like you have 45 minutes of material that you know sequentially, you've sort of memorized and rehearsed, right? You have to it keeps you on your toes to react. Well, you're really good at what you do because you listen. Like I I listen to you and, you know, I hear you listening when you interview and and I know you Thanks. as a person, as a friend now, you're not scripted to the point where you're just focused on your script. So as long as I listen and they say something crazy, like I said to a guy, what's the matter? He goes, I just broke up with my girlfriend. I go, what happened? He goes, well, she got arrested for shoplifting. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. She goes, yeah, I told her not to shoplift at CVS. And he said, at CVS. There are other places she could. Yes, because he <laughs> taught her how to shoplift. And that, but he said, so, if you're going to do it, you got to shoplift at good places. And she didn't. And she shoplifted at CVS and he got mad at her and he broke up with her. There's a whole story she behind She wasn't it. a good enough shoplifter to stay <laughs> with him. He, he, and he broke up with her. She was in the back of a squad car when she, he broke up oh, with her. Couldn't wait a couple of days. Exactly. So <laughs> it was like, so as long as you listen and react. You but, know? You, but that's, I, I think that that's what separates, and I don't put myself on your level, but I think that's what separates people in whether it's entertainment or media. You see certain stars go on late night TV like you do every night. They they react in a way that shows a real wit. Like you can be funny and creative, but not have that off the cuff wit that some people seem to have, like a Robin Williams or whatever. So like right. for me, like it's a real it really shows your wit if you can do that stuff in the moment that quickly and have it hit. Yeah, and the, the rule that, that Frank Oz, my director, and I have is it's like a you don't push for the joke. Like, I, I can't be talking to you and not listening to you because I got a joke about something that right. you just brought up. I don't know. you. I, I don't know. You have a dog, and you brought something up about your dog, and I got you gotta a dog be, joke. You got to be locked in. I got to locked in because you will say something great like, yeah, I just saved six babies from a well yesterday, and I missed that and go past, and everybody in the audience is going to be like, wait, go back. He just yeah. said he said, what are you doing? Like, So yeah. if, I, if I'm selfish, meaning if I make it about me as a comedian and I make it about my joke that I have to get out there, it's not about that. I get rewarded as the 
host of the show, whatever you want to call me, when you're great, when the audience member gets to shine and tell their stories. How, and how, and well, a lot of times they've been saying it's therapeutic. Like they call it like- Well, it's common. cathartic. Yeah, yeah. How many times a year do you get to do it? We're doing the show. It's on a national tour right now. So we're doing it like every two, three weeks. We oh, just, you are? Yeah, we were in Chicago. We were in Orlando. We were just outside so, of Philly. We're so going to be in Rhode Island. So we're going to- we're going to Milwaukee. Uh, it's so it's all, on my all the hotspots. All the hotspots. <laughs> <I'm going, laughs> we yeah, got I, Vegas. I we got. Uh, exactly. but no, we're going to be in I'm Milwaukee. Gonna wait, I'm going to go to Phoenix in August, right. and then just bake on a no. And uh, so yeah, so we're doing it everywhere. And the and the thing that that look, I fell into this, which is the way the best stuff happens. It came out about organically, but like people coming up to me and saying, you know, oh, um, keep doing the show. It's important, right? Yeah. Like you know, and and you know the 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 whole idea of. Being able to say what you want to say. It's Saturday, March 9th in Westerly, Rhode Island at the United Theater. It's called Permission to Speak. It's Paul Mercurio. Go go get your tickets. And here's what you need to do. You need to get a residency in Vegas because Matt and I will go and we'll sleep on your floor your hotel room and we'll be your hype, I get hype man. One. It's funny because um, uh, you got to get a residency. My, my manager went to the Sphere to see you, you too, too and he sent me video and we have video projections. So I'm using the lighting designer from the Late Show, the set designer from the Late Show, and the digital mapping company that we use at the Late Show. And I, I as a joke, I said, "Can you do this to my digital mapping company? Can you do this YouTube sphere stuff?" But like, and he started laughing. It would just be cool to you. You guys are totally in. All right, you good. guys can stay in the place, and uh, and and uh, and we can give a couple of tickets away too if you want. Yeah, we'll do. You know, we'll do that in the next segment. We'll give a pair of tickets away to uh, see Paul at, at permission mm. to speak at the United Theater on on Saturday, March night. It's great to see you. I wish we had more time. No, it's um, fine. But uh, you know, next time you swing through, and let's book a Connecticut show too. So, I mean, Westerly's right over the. I mean, I love it out there, right by the water. It's beautiful. Well, we're gonna we're talking about trying to do something in Connecticut too, like in Central Connecticut, in and around not he, here or Hartford or something like that. So definitely because you know got the following and whatever. And there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about too. Like I, I want to come back on and talk about stereotypes. Well, like I'm Italian. I got a cousin who uh, sells stuff out of the trunk of his car. My cousin Bob. <laughs> so you're, you're, yeah. and you're what? You're an Italian from Rhode Island. Rhode Island. So I clearly you're in the mafia. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> listen, when you're when you're hanging in Stonington, you get some time off. Just come back and hang out. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, where's the food truck? You missed it. Oh my god. Yeah, you Tommy. Save me food like truck, a... Tommy. He could break your legs. Oh my god. <laughs> he could. <laughs> he would definitely break your legs. Paul's great to see you. Hey, great to see you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.